preaching here. I'm excited to minister what I feel. The Lord gave me a fresh word for today. And uh, so we'll, we'll dig in here and see if we can have a little fun, stir up some faith, chase off some devils. <laughs> Punch something in the darkness. Just don't let it be your brother <laughs> or sister. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, verse 1, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. He entering into the one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft or for a great catch. Simon answering and said unto him, he said, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. That's where a lot of people stop. But the next statement is where faith starts. Nevertheless, somebody shout, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. I want to minister for a while today on the cancellation policy of heaven. The cancellation policy of heaven. I believe I'm speaking to people in this room that the enemy has a script for you. But God has sent his authors on the scene to say, here's a rewrite. Here's a revision. I don't care what present dilemma that you're in. Your destination is more important than your present dilemma. The dilemma in the economy of God is just a place of development. It is not a place of destruction. The enemy has designed something to bring you down, to tear you down, to rip you apart, to make you feel less than, to make you feel worthless, to make you feel invaluable and rejected in the kingdom of God. But I believe the Lord walked into this place to say to some folks, cancel that. I don't care what the enemy said. I don't care how bad the clouds look. I don't care how much the earth has been moving around you. I don't care how many things have crumbled down around you. The Lord said, I've got a word and I've got a promise that has still not fully come to pass. And until it comes to pass, nobody can interfere with it. Nobody can stop its destination. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord. And you may be seated. Now, now think about it. Old rough-looking, impetuous, kind of always a bit of a scowl on his face, Peter. He's a fisherman. It's early in the morning. It's really just right near dawn. He is tired. His hands are blistered. 
his feet are hurting, his back is aching. I mean, he's just, he wipes his, his eyes with his hands. He wishes he could wipe away the nightmare of the night because it hasn't produced anything. He's worked so hard. Not even one little old flipping, flopping fish. Not, not even one little old silvery looking something. At this point, he would have taken a minnow. There's nothing. I mean, at least a little bit. It's, just, it's an embarrassment of poverty, not riches. He stares at the moon. It looks like a little old curved blade just hanging up over the waters. He'd like to reach up there and grab it and cut these nets up. He's getting a little angry. He's almost too tired to be too angry. He's ready to go get into Atlas' sleep pod and forget the whole world. And so he kind of just scoots over on the shore. He's got his nets there. He's going to have to pick the pebbles out of it. That's about all he caught. Rub the sand off of it. Feel the gruff texture of the rope. Kind of going to have to stretch it up over the rocks. Going to have to get the sun. Because we're going to have to come back here tonight and do this all over again. We're just going to have to show up. Peter sits down. He's got a piece of the net in his hand. He's picking out. He can just hear the banker down at the marketplace. What's your net gains? Shut up. We don't say that, but he did. I didn't say that, Peter did. He's feeling so bad. Peter starts singing a little bit. He's kind of a country blues singer. He's picking the pebbles out of the net, rubbing more sand off, dreaming about it being full of fish. Bloom despair and agony on me. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Bloom despair, agony on me. There's a tear. No, he didn't sing that. He did not sing that. Starts to stretch it out, and all of a sudden he looks up, and there's this figure standing there. He didn't know how long he'd been standing there. He's never seen him before. There's something mysterious about him. He looks in his eyes. Man, he's never seen penetrating eyes like that. He's dressed kind of normal. The man looks at him, clears his throat. He said, <clears throat> do you mind if I uh, use your boat for a pulpit? Uh, he starts looking around. He can't believe the people that have all of a sudden, it's like hundreds of them. Where do these folks come from? If he'd have thought they'd even been there, he'd have never been singing like that. He thought he was by himself. Uh, well, 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 sure, how, how, how long are you going to need the boat? He said, oh, I, I won't be too long. When it shouldn't be much over three or four hours. He got out there on the boat. Jesus, you know, he's the creator, so he was able to get that boat to balance a little bit. Everything was placid and still, and he teaches for the next several hours. Now, Peter 
he's, he's so tired. But the more this man talked, the more interested he is. He is absolutely mesmerized by his words, the stories that he told. He'd never heard anybody talk like this. And, and his tiredness for a little while left his body. His back wasn't hurting quite as much as it would. His, the redness in his eyes was gone. He was just really attentive, drawn right into this man's every words. And then all of a sudden, Jesus just stopped teaching. He abruptly ends the message. He sends everybody home. And Peter's like, okay, I can finally get home and take care of all them chores I got to do around the house before I get back here tonight. And, and we start fishing again. Jesus looks at him, <clears throat> clears his throat again. He said, uh, Simon, why don't you launch out over there into the deep and let down your nets for a draft? <laughs> if that had been some of us, we'd have been like, um, you're, how long have you been fishing? You're, you're a rabbi, you're a teacher, you know, maybe you ought to stick to what you know to do. I mean, I don't know if the pastor ought to be getting into my business. He's never done this kind of job. But he, but he does hear from God. The man of God can know more about your business than you do if he's heard from God. Just, I just kind of threw that in there for extra. That wasn't even in my notes. He said, I want you to launch out there. Is, uh, uh, okay. Um, all right, let's get the boat out there, guys. Here's what's awesome. What's those deals that they have when, they, when you go, go fishing? It's a sonar. Who needs a sonar when you got a Savior? I mean, this was God's GPS system. He knew exactly where the fish were. Why are you going to argue with God who knows where they are? It might not make sense to you, but don't lose your sensitivity to the Spirit because it's not logical. Don't lose your sensitivity to what God is saying to you because it doesn't make sense in the world's estimation of what makes sense. Isn't that what it means to operate in faith? Sometimes you're going to be asked to do something that is absolutely ridiculous. Launch out there. Okay. Master. We have toiled all the night, scowl back on his face, countenance drawn, dark circles back under his eyes, backs aching again. He looks at his blistered hands, looks over there at the, at the nets that have been empty. We have toiled all the night. Nevertheless, that is a powerful prophetic word for this service this morning because I feel like there are some Pentecostals with a promise in this house that need to look the devil in the face and say, nevertheless, I don't know what happened yesterday, but I'm drawing a line between yesterday and what God is about to do right now. It got rid of the negative. It erased the past. That one word, nevertheless, was a cancellation policy. This is how bad it's been. Nevertheless, forget everything that I just said. At thy word. 
If somebody will rise up in this house today and say at thy word, you will lay down the nets of failure and you will pick up the nets of fulfillment. You will lay down the failure of yesterday and in the potential of the presence of God, the impossible could take place this morning if you simply use that one prophetic word. Nevertheless, come on somebody, lift up your hand. Nevertheless, the doctor told me it wasn't going to get better. Nevertheless, I went to church. They told me I couldn't get that loan. They told me I'd never have a house like that. They told me I couldn't get the promotion on the job. They told me my marriage could never be put back together. Somebody rise up in the spirit here today and say, nevertheless, I've got a word from the Lord. I've been in a spirit of prayer. I've been on my face before God. The Lord just told me that his word is greater than what the world thinks, is greater than secular opinion. It's greater than the devil's negative remarks about my faith am I preaching to anybody right now that needs to rise up and shout at the top of your lungs nevertheless I'm going to let down the net I'm going to go back to church I'm going to pray for that miracle one more time I'm going to pray for that financial breakthrough one more time I don't care how long the recurring sickness has been I'm going to trust God again that he will heal my body he will remove what is terminal he will take out the tumor he will fix the blood problems he will make my heart beat like it ought to and my blood pressure is going to be better. Don't tell me it can't happen. You know what the Bible says? Look at verse number six. When he said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Look what it says. And when they had this done you can't just talk about it you've got to do something it's one thing to hear it and say I believe it it's another thing to say I'm not just going to hear it I'm going out and activating the word of God the book said when they had this done Peter could have said something that could have shut it all down Peter could have said I, I, I'm just sorry I'm sorry I'm too tired I don't, I, don't want to make, I don't want to make another effort. I don't want to pray about that not one more time. I don't want to seek God about it one more time. I don't want to sit down at a table and discuss it not one more time. I've done all I can do. I've done the best I can do. I'm taking my stuff and I'm going home. Somebody has got to stop talking about it and you just got to do something. Sometimes it ain't about what you say. It's about silently grabbing those nets, putting them down in the water. And the Bible said there was a great multitude. I'm going to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost why you're so afraid to trust God with the next thing. It's because you think that even if you do trust God, the results won't be worthy of the effort. But I'm telling you, you serve a God, not of abbreviation. You serve a God of abundance. Your God has no shortage in his supply. His resources are not bankrupt. God is not empty of the ability to make something where there was nothing. 
I believe that if somebody will get a hold of what I'm saying in the spirit today, God's going to come in and tell the devil, I've canceled out your cause. I've canceled out your condemnation. I've canceled out all of the compromise and the mess that you've tried to put in my child's life. I'm telling you, they're getting ready to get a hold of the net. They're going to put it down in the depths and the abundance of blessings that are coming. You just have to do something. You just have to do something. You can't just stand there by the shore side. You cannot just wait back with your arms folded and wait for somebody else to get it. You have to say, it's mine. I'm going to get it right now because his word said, if I let it down. Come on, somebody rise up in the Holy Ghost. You have struggled, you have wrestled, you have fought, you have been drugged through the dirt, you have been pulled out after one pit after another, you have walked out of a wilderness into a clearing to go right back into a wilderness. I'm preaching to people in this room, you have been entangled with the temptations of the past and the devil's telling you, why are you even trying? You have prayed all night about it and nothing showed up. Let me tell you who showed up. Jesus walked right into the middle of your mess. Hey, me, nothing. My efforts, nothing. My nothing plus God, everything. I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. Usually zero times something still means zero. But in God's economy, my zero times him. You, you go ahead and mock it all you want to, devil. You go ahead and laugh at what I have faith in. You go ahead and try to pinpoint all of the things in the past where it didn't happen. I don't care if you prayed about it a hundred times and it didn't come to pass. Today is the day. Let down your net and believe it. Now we have... We have, a, we have a story of Peter later on. It's in the book of Acts. Herod has taken James, the leader of the church, the general superintendent, killed him, cut his head off. Then they seize Peter. He's going to do the same thing to him after the holidays. So here's Apostle Peter. They take him down into the low prison. He is in the cold cell of death row. It's a smelly environment, mumbling voices all around him. He's got no window to see if the moon is, is in the night or are there any stars in the sky. It doesn't make any difference. He's down in the low places. They have four quaternions of soldiers. This is, that means that any time of the given night, there's at least four soldiers watching and guarding him. They will, they will have a shift change four times a day. They're going to come in. There is at least four that are watching him. The ground is hard. He stretches again. Chains are a bit too tight. He 
can't move that much. And he, uh, he starts counting fish. <laughs> Some people count sheep. He counts fish. One little fishy. Two little fishy. <sighs> that was real, y'all. <laughs> Three little fishy. And, and he yawned again. This time he started to sound like a drunk man because he was starting to doze off. He said, Fur little freshy. Four of the guards come scrambling down the spiral staircase into that low area of the dungeon. One of them tripped and dropped his glasses. I know they didn't have glasses back then, but for the sake of the story, this guy had glasses. Fell out on the floor. One of the other guys stepped on it. They ran down there and they come up to the other four and they said, what in the world is going on? Who let the pigs in here? It ain't no pigs, it's Peter. He snorts. Snorting? How can this guy sleep? Herod wants to cut his head off. That's because the blessed know how to rest. <clears throat> this is what I love. The Bible says, Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison but prayer. Here's another cancellation. The prison can't stop the praying. I don't know what you're bound by. I don't know what chains of the past are on you. I don't know what present addiction that you're facing. But I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, the reason that you can rest right in the middle of your problem, right with the chains of darkness all on you, trying to hold you down, is because prison can't stop the praying people of God. Hey. The devil has an angle. Mm -hmm. We're going to kill this preacher. He ain't going to be preaching that Jesus name message. Yeah. Hell, you've got an angle. Heaven's got an angel. God's got an angel for the demonic angle. The angle of hell is to hold some of you down in depression, disappointment, discouragement, fear, setback. The circumstances are too great. The ability that I've tried to put forth has been wasted. I'm just neglected. I'm overlooked. I'm unloved. God doesn't understand me. The people don't understand me. And here you are in a prison. But I'm trying to tell some of you that you could be snoring right now. Devil's gonna kill you. I'm gonna take your job. <laughs> Is the Holy Ghost talking to anybody? Why do you have a prison mentality when God has given His church a praying mentality? You know why I'm getting out of this jail cell? Because God ain't finished with me yet. I have not fulfilled his purpose. I know the devil's got a plan, but God's got a greater purpose. 
The devil can't kill what God decides to keep. Somebody needs to shout to the Lord and say, God said he's going to keep me. I've got another word to give. I've got another soul to win. I've got another Bible study to teach. I've got another song to write and to sing. I've got another testimony to give. I've got another revival to go to. Is there anybody that feels like dancing out of your prison for a moment? Would you just take a praise break and say if there's anything that we learn from Paul and Silas is that God takes a prison house and turns it into a praising house. And when you turn it into a praising house, the foundations shake, the prison bars open, the chains fall off. Why are you dancing in the dungeon? Because my deliverance is coming. My God sets the captive free. I will be liberated before the morning light. Magnify. <laughs> Tell the devil you ain't keeping me here. You ain't holding me here. Think about it. That angel came in there. Wake up, man. Get up. Do you know when Peter's chains fell off? When he got up. You know when some of you will get rid of your chains? That's right. You can't hold a praiser down. You can't stop a worshiper. You can't lock up a lover of Jesus. They're going to get on their feet. They're going to throw up their hands. They're going to leap for joy. They're going to dance until deliverance comes. Hey, you know what God did? God created something in the first century that wouldn't be available till the 20th century. Automatic doors. What about them soldiers? They weren't even tired. They just went into instant stupor. Not stupid. They were that too, but stupor. Come on with me. All right. Through the first gate, second ward, third ward, out into the street. You know why he was having so much confidence? He thought he was dreaming. You know, we're usually more confident in our dream than we are in reality. Because we say dreams are make-believe. But that's what God does. He will make you believe the impossible. When he sends an angel into your atmosphere, and it wasn't until he got out in the street, the angel disappeared. He's gone. He's like, he just vaporized into thin air. What? Is there even an angel feather that was left so I could tell somebody? They're not going to believe this. Uh, you're standing out in the middle of the street. 
How did you get there? Well, God delivered me. Go tell that. Just, just tell that. Folks, you don't need an angel. You got a testimony. This is where I was. This is where I am now. Don't even know how I got here. But I know it was God. I know it was a praying church. And I know that God canceled the policy of hell. Lift your hands across this place for a moment. Go ahead, lift your voice. Here I am again. Here I am again in my thousandth service. Here's another evangelist, pastor, preacher, prophet, whoever that comes through here, lady of God, man of God, pastor of God, telling me again, God's going to do it. I want to, by the Holy Ghost, break down somebody's stronghold of cynicism and bring you back to the youthful zeal of sensitivity again. Don't you let a disappointment cause you to have a missed appointment. You went to get that package, it wasn't what you ordered. They brought the food to the table, wasn't what you ordered. Somebody prayed over you and prophesied, didn't come to pass yet. You need to get off your schedule. Abraham is called father of many nations for 25 years. You reckon he had a few folks tell him after 15 years that was a false prophecy? Yeah, I guess, I guess that man of God, no, it wasn't a man of God, it was God. Well, I guess this is one time in all of the history of the world, the universe, eternity and time, God missed it. Do you really think that? Do you think the God who has not even one ounce of inaccuracy, God who creates the worlds and upholds them by the word of his power, do you think he missed it when he told you? I want to tell you, maybe it hasn't happened yet. And because you showed up 10 other times and you were disappointed, what if the 11th time is the appointment? Don't you miss it? Don't you let the past results indicate what God's presence wants to do in this house. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It was that 10th and 11th service. It was that 4th or 5th revival. It was that 10th or 12th evangelist that came through. And when they prayed for you, it finally happened. Am I preaching to anybody? Am I preaching to anybody? It didn't happen at first, but it's in this house. You are a testimony. It did happen. It didn't happen when I thought it would happen, but on God's calendar, he had the day marked. He had the moment highlighted. He knew the exact second that the suffering would be over. Be seated for a moment. How many, how many sitting down right now you know what I'm talking about you prayed about it over and over again you were disappointed 
when it didn't happen when you thought it would happen. Wave at me. Okay? All right, now. But you're sitting here today. Now, this ain't everybody. But you're sitting here right now today. A testimony. It just happened. I, I got my healing. Maybe five years ago or five minutes ago. I want you to stand up to be a testimony to somebody that needs your witness and encouragement. It didn't happen when I thought it would happen, but I'm here today because God did heal me. I'm here today because God did save my family. I'm here today because the prodigal did come home. I'm here today because God didn't give up on me. When everybody in my life and down the street and in the world told me that I wasn't ever going to be anything. I want you to look around, folks. Look at the testimonies. Look at the testimonies. It wasn't on my time. It was on God's time. At just when I was about to give up, God canceled my doubt and gave me a miracle. I got just, I got just a few more minutes to listen to me in the Holy Ghost. I want you to go to Leviticus chapter number 11, verse 35. This is in the context of the contamination policies. This is what the Lord is telling Israel, giving instruction to Moses about dead carcasses and dead things and what would contaminate the body and cause them to have to go into a time of purification or perfecting, to have to go to the water of separation that's a whole nother message within itself. And be clean. So right in the middle of this, he says in verse 35, and everything, everybody say everything, whereupon any part of their carcass falleth shall be unclean. So he's talking about dead flesh. Everybody say dead flesh. Not your neighbor. Whether it be oven or ranges for pots, they shall be broken down, for they are unclean and shall be unclean to you. Now, the book said everything. But then God, being who he is, brought the cancellation policy of heaven right into the, the situation. Next word. What? Where have we seen that word before? Nevertheless, a fountain or pit wherein there is plenty of water shall be dead flesh can't kill your living water. Don't you let spite kill the spirit. Don't you let rebellion stop the river. What he's saying is, get rid of the carcass. Keep the river. The river is still clean. I'll cancel the dirt. I'll cancel the penalty. I'll cancel the iniquity. I'll cancel the punishment. If you keep the river. Somebody in this house needs to realize that your failure is not what is going to cause the fatality of your faith. It's your failure and a lack of believing God's forgiveness.
Your mistake cannot stop you. It's when you do not couple that mistake with the mercy of God. Where the mercy of God, according to the commentator of this passage, it simply meant this was a living stream that would eventually not keep and call themselves saved, but flush out the impurities. Because the river in you knows how to get rid of the things that are negative. The things that are an interference of your faith. The things that bring an impurity to the promises of God in your life. You have a river of the Holy Ghost in you. I'm telling somebody today in the Holy Ghost, don't you tell God that you can't get rid of it. Don't you tell God you can't change. Don't, don't, you, don't you bring a biological excuse in there. I've used them. I've used the vocabulary. If, never, and because. Well, if I'd been raised in a preacher's home. Well, because, you know, they got a whole lot more funds to work with. Oh, I'll never be able to do what that one does because, you know, they, they've had all these advantages and all of the breaks and, the, you know, the silver platters. And you know what God did to me? He just come right down like my dad used to do. I don't know if he put it in him or he got the idea from my dad, but he would just thump me right behind the ear. Why don't you get your stinking pride out of here? Hello. You say it anyway, because my mic's still working. I know what you were going to say. Testing. That's all right. Hello. Anybody home? That's okay. I needed a little breather anyway. It's harder to preach like this at 54 than it was at 34. <laughs> Batteries are in. We're recharged. I can go another hour now. Mistake on your part. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Somebody shout, I'm going to get it. Because God's got a design for me. If, never, and because the language of the past, the language of dead flesh, not going to use the biological excuse, not going to use the generational excuse, because when you get in the kingdom, when you get a river in you, you trade if, because, and never, for now, become, and will. I will get that. I will become that. And now is the time of salvation. Somebody rise to your feet for a moment and say in the name of Jesus. Somebody get your contract out. Somebody get your contract out and say, now, right here, devil, the book says, now, I know you got me in this, you got me in these binds, you know, I'm shackled up and I'm all imprisoned and I, and I, I, I got good sale service. 
I know it looks like it ain't going to change, but the contract says, whosoever calleth on the name of the Lord. How long did you say I was supposed to spend in this dungeon of doubt, in this sale of shame? The cancellation policy says that if I call on the name of the Lord, I don't have to wait till next week to get delivered. I don't have to wait for my sentence to be served to get delivered. I will be delivered. Let me ask somebody right now. How many right now struggling? Raise your hand. How many struggling right now with the same physical affliction? that you've had maybe for months or years. It's okay. You're not, you're, not, you're not giving way to doubt. You got the pain in your body. Maybe it's something that the Lord has healed. And here's something else somebody needs to hear. It may be something that the Lord's healed you from many times and the devil's trying to steal those testimonies of healing because you're sick again. Oh, no, no. This is flesh. This is flesh is going to break down. Sometimes I break down before I get a breakthrough. Sometimes I may break down and I lose my mind, but that's okay because then you don't care. <laughs> Somebody may look at you and say, you have lost your mind. That's fine. Now I can be a fool for Christ. I can be crazy for the kingdom. I can just go ahead and act insane with my praise because I've lost my mind. Raise your hand. If you have had, I'm sorry, take it down for a minute. You've had the same physical affliction. Raise your hand. For it could be months, something that's come back. I want you to come stand down here real quick. Stand down here real quick in Jesus' name. I'm not going to make you any promises. I just know what the book says. The book says, by his stripes, ye were healed. I'm just going to stand on the word. I'm going to give you my, my Danny Hood guarantees. But I am going to pray in Jesus' name that if there's at least one of us that can walk out of here and say, on that May 21st Sunday morning, down there at Revival Church, I had prayed about it X amount of times and it didn't happen. So it looked like I was still under contract to this pain. But on that Sunday morning, God canceled the policy of sickness, the policy of disease, the policy of depression. Stand down here across this front in Jesus' name. Am I talking to anybody down here that you have been healed of whatever this is before? Raise your hand. You've been healed of whatever this is before. But it's come back, or, or maybe it's like a different version, you know? It's kind of like whatever it is, 2.0, 3.0. That's okay. The same God is in this house right now. And I want you to lift your hands across this front in the name of Jesus. Musicians, come. Thank you. You already are. Incredible band. People of faith, some of you have great faith out there. I want some of you that have great faith, I want you to come and stand by a brother or sister right now. Some of you may know what they're going through. I want you to come quickly. Come stand by them right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I submit every physical affliction 
I submit God every pain, every ache, no matter how minor, terminal sickness, every cancer, every blood issue, I submit it to the cross. I subject it to the blood. I call now upon that authoritative name of Jesus for somebody to walk out of here with a miracle in the name of Jesus, not for the reputation of the church, not for the reputation of the man of God, for no flesh shall glory in the Lord, but for the glory of your name in Jesus' name. Let this be the day when the sickness is canceled. Let this be the day when the depression and the disease is canceled. That's it. Lift your voice. Come on, children of God. Come on, prayer warrior. Come on, intercessor. Get a hold of God for somebody in this altar right now. In the name of Jesus. I want to hear a testimony where somebody says, the doctors told me I was going to have to do this for six more months or for another 12 months or another year or two. But today, in the presence of the Lord, he canceled it. He canceled it. The doctor's report will confirm it. My faith in God will not waver regardless of the result because I trust in a God whose word and whose name never fails. Lift your voice. Pray it in Jesus' name.